This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Hi. I have a bill, the Security First Act, that labels cartels as terrorist organizations. If you continue to give safe haven to fentanyl drug dealers, then you're an enemy of the United States. Seventy to 100,000 people have died from fentanyl poisoning coming from Mexico and China, and this administration has done nothing about it. Oh, but Lindsey Graham, you're wrong. The administration is doing something about our poorest, you know, that secure border that killed uh, at least 25 young mid-Missourians last year from the fentanyl that came from Mexico, that came from China. Uh, Lindsey Graham, you're wrong. The, the White House is actually doing something. And, Stephanie, we've kind of heard this story before. Uh, Biden administration considering reinstating the policy of detaining migrant families who cross the border illegally. Huh. We used to do this. Wonder where they got that idea. How long ago was that? Anybody remember, John? Uh, we used to, to do this. Uh, oh, yeah, when Trump was president. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. And this is not the first time that Biden has taken action at the border. This is going back to, oh, you know, Trump had some pretty good ideas on protecting Americans and protecting kids. And I'll go back to at least, and this is just at least in Boone County, 25 kids last year, 25 younger people. I shouldn't say kids, younger people, young adults died from right here where we live in mid-Missouri. If you can hear our voices this morning, at least 25, and I'm guessing it's more. That was just one county. It's not taking into consideration like Randolph, Audrain, and Howard counties, and Montauk counties. Fentanyl that came from Mexico and the White House does nothing about it. They say they lie to us and say the border is secure. Tell that to the 25 families that aren't getting up on March 7th with kids because they died of fentanyl overdoses that came across the secure border border. So Biden now considering again, and this is not the first time even as it relates to the border that he said, hey, you know, Trump had some good ideas when it comes to protecting Americans. Americans first. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but the news outlets, they'll make you feel bad. Oh, Americans first. You're racist. You're colonialist. You're all this. No, we're just protecting our home. Don't you protect your house? Whether you do it with maintenance, uh, fencing, floodlights, Ring cameras, guns, you protect your home. And that was what we love and still do love about Trump is we protect our home. Our home is the United States of America. By the way, those uh, four Americans kidnapped in Mexico, they've been uh, identified apparently just across the border uh, into Mexico. From Texas, apparently thrown into a pickup, not been seen since. The extent, according to Fox News, extent of the victim's injuries not immediately clear. Although some appeared wounded or dead. And I don't know if that's necessarily the family or other people that were caught out in this cartel-style shootout. Which now some folks in D.C. saying, hey, we need to, just like, by the way, in Atlanta, that cop city, those people protesting and blowing up cop cars and tearing down everything they're trying to do on this propo- on this training facility that's being uh, uh, built for law enforcement training in Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, 23 people arrested for destroying stuff. That's not how you protest. A lot of them, uh, a lot of them weren't even from Atlanta. Were- Look at the. Some of them weren't even from the United States. Two, I think one was from France, one was from Canada. And here's what I noticed: looking up their their birth dates, most of these people 
are like in their early to mid 20s. That was a common uh, denominator. Uh, but they're being charged with terrorist acts. One of the guys, by the way, is apparently he's an attorney for the Southern Poverty Law Center. He's an attorney who's supposed to, you know, these uh, some of these attorneys on these kinds of things, they go and they advise, make sure nothing's out. This guy's throwing Molotov cocktails and commercial-grade fireworks at law enforcement. These people are attacking our law enforcement. They have been leveled with uh, charges related to terrorism, and now there's talk in D.C., hey, maybe we should uh, designate these Mexican cartels as terrorists. That's an easy call. Frankly, I'm surprised that it's not already done. Welcome to the show. It's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. There's Stephanie Bell. Good morning. You grinning this morning? Uh, Oh, Uh, after yesterday? Yeah. 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 I'm grinning a little bit, too. Mr. Houseworth, how are you today? Having a good morning. Good to see you. Glad you're here. Mr. Marsh, how are you today, bud? Grinning as well after 250,000 views. Is that where it's up to now? <laughs> Almost about. In case you missed this yesterday, we'll fill you in on what's happening. Uh, your little old Wake Up Mid-Missouri show here in Mid-Missouri on 93.9 The Eagle KWOS. Uh, uh, once again, you know, fist bumps all around. Kind of almost making some national headlines. Hannah fist bump, John fist bump. Uh, we'll get to that. It had something that had to do with a conversation. Probably one of the top ten well-known names in Republican politics uh, talking about your show here this morning in mid-Missouri. Producer Hannah is here. I don't mean to put Hello. you Hello. Sorry. Oh. I, the microphone works better when you have it turned on. Incidentally, I apparently sound better whenever I turn my microphone off. The show just sounds way better whenever I turn the uh, turn the microphone on. What was that? Um, by the way, well, quickly, before we get to what happened yesterday on the show that's getting, as a matter of fact, on this dude's uh, uh, Twitter page, I was comparing uh, the amount of shares compared to some of his stuff from CPAC. We're beating some of his CPAC shares, man. Does that make Wake Up in Missouri bigger than CPAC? Stephanie was at CPAC. I was. Does this make us bigger than CPAC? I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty big deal. I was, yeah. you know, wandering around the capital city, and everyone had seen the tweet, <laughs> and I got a lot of text messages yesterday about it. And I think what's significant is great for the show. Fantastic job, you guys, on doing it. But what it highlights, and the progressives are eating this up. It's a Republican going after another Republican and a Republican firing back at another Republican. You don't normally see that publicly, but there there must be some uh, discord between these two. I mean, uh, especially the response from the gentleman you're referring to from Florida, his response about the congressman. But, but yeah, but not often you see Republicans go after GOP people like that. The no. question we asked struck a nerve, and the response then struck another nerve, is, yeah. is how kind of yesterday went. Uh, we'll get to that here in uh, a second. Big story out of, uh, we just got just a few minutes here, Columbia City Council last night. Roll carts getting closer to happening. Jefferson City last night. Apparently this uh, employee development, workforce housing, affordable housing is what it is. And I think city leaders in Jefferson City probably could have done themselves better by being honest and upfront about what this was instead of trying, well, this is workforce development housing. It's affordable housing. We get it. And I think probably wouldn't be in the situation that we are in this morning if they had been more honest and not tried to gloss over it. Uh, and I guess there's kind of some some movement on this, John, regarding workforce affordable housing in Jeff City. 
Well, we're kind of watching to see where it all goes. And I know uh, Ron Fitzwater, who's the de facto next mayor of Jefferson City, said immediately after they got the word that the Missouri HDC funding to help out this workforce housing didn't materialize. They said there were some other options out there for funding. And I know Mary K- Mayor Kerry Turgeon kind of alluded to the same thing. And now on sort of a peripheral kind of thing, there's some Jefferson Cityans who live in the neighborhood right over by Jefferson City High School and Lincoln University are trying to put the skids on an upscale project to go into their neighborhood to build a, almost a dozen single-family homes. And they say it's going to... There's no room for them, and it's going to mess up their residential neighborhoods. So. And, and what's significant, John, about that is I had audio, you have the audio right now, of former Mayor Tom Rackers, and he did not hold back. Um, and it's not that they're opposed, the group of citizens is opposed to affordable housing. I want to make that very clear. They're opposed to the affordable housing or low-income housing, whatever we want to call it, affordable Work, housing. Workforce development housing. But it's near, near established neighborhoods. Yep. That's that's really where he is. And there are, according to this group, there are places they could put this uh, and not in the uh, established or near the established neighborhoods. That really is Simonson's not an established neighborhood. That's kind of a, a industrial area or a business area. They, they're not opposed to that St. Mary's. But putting it in some of these subdivisions or near it, that's really the controversy. And John and Brian, this brings back, you'll remember there was a similar discussion um, over near Hazleton when they were going to put those properties out on the bluff. And eventually those properties went through, but it was a a long, hard fight. Um, And those were upscale homes. Folks in the Roland Street, Marshall Street uh, part of Jeff City, they've uh, submitted a petition last night to the city council asking for a no vote on, on a proposed housing project within the community. Kudos to those folks as neighbors getting together and wanting to do something about it. Yesterday on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, 8 o'clock hour, go back to the podcast. You can go to kwos.com, 93.9, theeagle.com, 8 o'clock. Uh, Blaine Lukemeyer visiting with us. We talk, had some really really good conversation. We're talking about what's next regarding COVID origins, China talk in there. And then, and uh, I thought it was a fairly innocuous question. Stephanie Bell, it turns out it was an incredible question from Stephanie Bell. She asked Blaine Lukemeyer about this idea of putting more cameras on the House floor. And this came about because of the vote to elect Speaker Kevin McCarthy and how that dragged on. Yeah, so at the time of the election, there really wasn't a speaker. So And the speaker controls the number of cameras on the floor. So C-SPAN was able to add additional cameras. So you really did see a lot more than what we typically see. Um, on the floor, um, and, and uh, Congressman Luchtemeyer had some interesting things to say, had a very strong opinion about what he thinks on the cameras. So he's wrapping up answering Stephanie's question uh, about more cameras on the floor, and basically he says you're just going to see a, a lot of crap, and he was started to talk sp- specifically, without naming names, started to talk specifically about people that were coming in on camera, kind of ducking in and out. Basically, he's trying, he said, coming in, making a statement and going out and talking to the TV cameras and using it to fundraise. Yeah, he said it's a lot of grandstanding, a lot of peacocking, a lot of just being on TV to be on TV. And so he did this, uh, and he (laughs) didn't mention any names. Sell themselves so they could go out and raise money and become more important. It's amazing. So you want more of that? Put cameras in the chamber. And then all we have is a show. So let me ask you this, Congressman. So if we had more cameras in the chamber, we would have been able to see people, let's say, like Matt Gates come in, make his news bite sound clip, and then walk back out and go tell the media about it instead of staying in there conducting business? <laughs> yeah, well, if you followed him out, that's what you would have seen, because Matt is... <laughs> 
you know, he, he, Matt made the comment when he came to Congress that he wanted to become the Congress and become famous and get his own TV show. His parents are very wealthy. His dad's a, a lawyer. They built him a studio in their own home in their basement so that he could perfect his, his ability to perform in front of the camera. So he is the poster child for these guys. He's a, he, he doesn't even belong to the Freedom Caucus. Now, He's so crazy. They don't even. He doesn't even belong to the Freedom Caucus. So when people use Matt Gates as a, as an example of, of who we need to be like, I'm sorry, that is not who we need to be like. So, and this wasn't even our show. Another one of our friends in Missouri politics posted a video clip of this. Yeah, our friend John Combest on Twitter. Yep, Matt Gates got a hold it. of the video. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, last check. How? What? what are, what's the? Uh, what's and Matt Gates? And by the way, I, I do want to say, uh, Don Gates, the father of Matt Gates. Uh, my recent having worked with the Gates is my recollection. Don Gates, uh, who was never an attorney. I did a little bit of research yesterday. I don't think he was ever an attorney. Uh, Matt Gates' family does have a lot of money, and as far as the studio in the house, I don't know. How did Matt Gates respond? Uh, well, right now there are two hundred and thirty-eight thousand views on his tweet. Uh, he went after uh, Congressman Luke DeMeyer, and he said, until this clip, I forgot, Rep. at Rep. Blaine, Luke DeMeyer, was a member of Congress. He's a foolish husk of a human, apparently upset that I'm more a more effective representative. My parents did not build a studio for me. My dad is not a lawyer. I've never been a member of the House Freedom Caucus. If C-SPAN cameras were allowed in the House chamber, they'd show how often he acts like a dog on a leash for the very banks and financial institutions that crush regular folks. Instead of lying about my family, go get your next task from the special interests who own you! Exclamation point. And that's our morning. Well, <laughs> Welcome into it. Well, and I will say, like, what I took away from that is, you know, there's a big division. And, and you know, so there are a lot of responses to the tweet, a lot of retweets, but a lot of people saying, you know, Matt Gates, you're the worst of the worst. And, you know, and then there were other people who were like, yeah, you know, Matt Gates, you're the best. And so very divided, I mean, about 50-50 on whether or not you agreed with Luke DeMeyer or Gates. Had a voicemail this morning. Was sharing this with producer Hannah earlier this morning. Voicemail from somebody in St. Louis. And by the way, Randy Tobler's uh, show yesterday. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. A little globe here. Where's the wall that I can tell you? But I, I imagine eight ball, whatever. If I could feel her aura. I, I just I just don't have anything. I just don't have anything to share on that. Corinne Jean-Pierre yesterday when she was asked about what does Biden think about Marianne Williamson jumping into the presidential race? Is he annoyed? She said, well, I don't have a crystal ball or an orb. Kind of making fun of her fortune-telling aura-reading kind of stuff. And that's getting us into today's Daily DC Rundown with Stephanie Bell. You know who we haven't yet heard about in 2024, but there used to be a lot of speculation about? Holly. You know, remember how oh, people yeah, used to yeah, just be yeah, like, yeah. I think the guy's going to run for president. Well, he's still making moves. And, um, you know, he had that infamous, I think, the Pelosi Act, and it was all about um, stocks and, you know, whether members of Congress could invest. And he's um, making another run at that. Uh, well, yesterday was expected for him to introduce some new legislation. He had an interview with the Wall Street Journal talking about, hey, not only should we look at members of Congress, but we should also look at those in the executive branch, the folks who are regulating some of these things, and, and look at their stock ownership. So he's still making headlines, um, also making headlines. The House Republicans are using their subpoena power, and I'm excited about it. Um, the one thing that, uh, well, you know, they're looking at Hunter, they're looking at China, they're doing a bunch of different things. But one that has flown under the radar, I think, is remember when they sent, when the um, Biden administration sent that letter and basically said the parents are a threat 
It, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's been a while ago, and we haven't heard a lot about it. Well, uh, Republicans are now issuing subpoenas to former school board officials over that letter, trying to figure out, you know, what was the, you know, what was the origin of that? So they sent, um, they're demanding documents from the National School Boards Association over, you know, how that whole thing went down. And I mean, it, it, that was a hor- horrifying letter. Um, and as a parent, I think set off a whole host of, of uh, things with school boards. So I'm excited about that. Um, also, uh, three Republican-led states are pulling out of the ERIC system, which has to do with voting. And I think we're going to find more out about this later today. Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, you got to join us. 810, he's here talking about that. Yeah, so Florida, Missouri, and West Virginia decided they were going to leave. Uh, this act has been... Inc- this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Christopher Arps. C-H-R-I-S. ChrisArps.com. C-H-R-I-S. How you doing this morning, Ooh. I'm very good. You know, I almost made a radio faux pas there. I was blowing my nose while I was on the air. And I was like, wait a minute. That's Come probably on. not a good idea. Come <laughs> on, man. Welcome to the I show. know, I it's, know, I know. Instead, we want you to blow us away with your stuff this morning. Hey, I, oh, I've been curious, curious about this. Um yeah. You know, as a conservative, I'm all, I'm all about local control, local control. It's a big one of the, the, the reasons uh, I admired Governor Parson several years ago. He says, I'm not doing a statewide mask mandate. Let you all communities, you handle your own business. Um, but this idea about the Missouri, uh, Missouri takeover, state takeover, the St. Louis Police Department, I go, no, it's your police department. But this is dangerous what's happening there now. Where do you fall down on this, Chris? Well, I am for uh, state control of the police department. Uh, this experiment of uh, giving the control back to the city of St. Louis has been a disaster. Crime is out of control. We've got the police union and the mayor um, are still at odds over a police contract that was supposed to be negotiated three years ago. Um, with this state control, I think uh, it puts responsible people uh, in charge of the police department and one thing that I'm uh, happy to see is that the police uh, officers will get a substantial raise if uh, uh, control is given back to the state. So I support it. Uh, in, in, in theory, I think local control is best. A government closest to the people is the best. But when it comes to the police and here in St. Louis, um, something drastic has to be done, and the legislature is addressing that. Uh, this would include, the legislation would include an annual $7,000 pay raise for city police. So I'm guessing St. Louis City's thousands of police officers would be on board uh, with this. Uh, but it, and so it used to be, it was like 10 years ago, the state controlled it and kind of said, okay, city, you go, we'll try this out for a little bit. You go ahead, we'll we'll set you out on your own and see how it goes. And it did not go well. We gave you a chance. It's mm-hmm. just it's just not happening. I get conflicted over that sometimes. I was on this week in Missouri politics a couple of months ago. We were talking about the poor state of education, especially as it relates to one of our mid-Missouri school districts, and that is the Columbia Public School District. Mm-hmm. And uh, the host of the show, Scott Fawn, he asked a really good question when I said, yeah, the state needs to do something about specifically Columbia Public Schools because they are just a disgusting, sloppy, scary mess. And uh, he said, well, aren't you for local control? I'm like, yeah, yeah, but. And that was a big old but, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I think when it comes to educating our children and public safety, if the people that are responsible for that are not doing the job, then the state or higher authorities need to come in and, and do the job. I think that's just a no-brainer. 
All right. Our guest this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, Christopher Arps. I'm Brandon Rather. There's Stephanie Bell, John Marsh, Brian Housworth, producer Hannah is here. And, you know, this goes back to, and I spent most of my formative years growing up in St. Louis. I was an Air Force brat, so I was in Illinois, California, Arizona. But most of my formative years, uh, I grew up along South Grand Boulevard by Tower Grove Park, Grand and Arsenal in South St. Louis. I am a product of St. Louis public schools, man. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to see what is... We don't hold that against you either. And I, you appreciate, that. I appreciate that. And that's a fair comment, Chris. <laughs> uh, it's a fair comment. Uh, it, it is so sad to see what's happened to now. This the, It's the largest market in the state, but it's the second big... I mean, St. Louis used to be the biggest. It was bigger than Kansas City. There's a mass exodus of people from St. Louis. It breaks my heart. Not just the police department, mm-hmm. but uh, the mayor and prosecutor, Kim, uh, Kim Gardner. As a matter of fact, Martin McCloskey, former Senate candidate, uh, and uh, he was attacked by Kim Gardner. He's going to be joining mm-hmm. at 735. Now that he's off of it, I want to find out what he did for community service as part of his probation. <laughs> Mark McCloskey here at 735. He's always good. I mean, insane. I may be listening to you because we have him on our show later today, so I may be stealing some of your questions. Uh, feel free uh, to, to do so. <laughs> but Kim Gardner and all this stuff, and it goes back to... And maybe I'm wrong here, but all this wokeness, I look at Lori Lightfoot. People, oh, we're going to vote for her because she's black and lesbian and female. And four years later, like, yeah, we're out. Uh, people voting for Kim Garden, well, she'd be the first, you know, black female prosecutor. This is over. We're going to vote for her. And these people are voting for people for all the wrong reasons. We see what's happening with the prosecutor in Los yeah. Angeles. He's on yeah. the verge of getting booted out. Lost a $1.5 million lawsuit to a former employee yesterday. I wonder if this is like snapback. Everybody's, oh, we got to be progressive mm. and we're going to vote for people based on their gender and who it is they like to sleep with and the color of their skin and all of this. It seems like it's all, I hope, it's all happening at once. People are saying, boy, that was a dumb idea. You know, Brandon, if I didn't know any better, I could have sworn that I sent you an article that I wrote for Red State called Are Biden's Diversity Appointments the Best Nominees? Boy, that's, that's amazing how we're on the same page there. But uh, I read, wrote an article about Red State about uh, uh, Joe Biden's diversity nominees. Pete Buttigieg, he's been a disaster. Kamala Harris has been a disaster. Dr. Admiral Rachel Levine, the woman that's a man that thinks she's a man that's a woman, she's been an absolute disaster you know diversity and inclusiveness that's all great and grand we, we should have that we should strive for that but when that is your objective instead of getting the most qualified people um it hurts all of us in the long run yeah it's it's dumbfounding what's happening because people are and now there's a, a, a movement in healthcare. well we gotta we gotta hire more be more diverse uh no you know what i want all of the doctors i want everybody in healthcare to be exactly the same and here's what i want them all to be good that's what i want i want them all to be exactly the same and that is they should be good at their jobs because we see what's happening they're hiring people and electing people for all the wrong reasons and the snapback yeah. is what we are seeing this morning. So what about some of these yeah. Biden nominees? Well, you mentioned Kamala Harris. She's been an absolute disaster. Uh, the latest disaster nominee is uh, Julie Sim. Um, she is being nominated to be the new labor secretary. The current labor secretary, Marty Walsh, has accepted a job as the NHL Players Union um, executive director. But Julie Sue, she ran the unemployment or the workforce development department in California uh, for the last seven years. Brandon, it's been an absolute disaster. 
$30 billion has been allegedly been stolen from this program because of policies that she put in place um, during COVID-19 when a lot of that uh, COVID relief money was going out. People that were in prisons were applying for this money and getting it. People were applying under the names of Mickey Mouse and other names and were getting these benefits from her department. And to reward her, Joe Biden wants to make her the U.S. US Labor Secretary. Stunning. And I remember, you know, I go back to Rachel Dolezal. I don't know if anybody remembers the name Rachel Dolezal. She yeah. was uh, she was the gal, NAACP <laughs> in Spokane, Washington, who told everybody she was black. That's why I'm head of the NAACP. Yeah. She wasn't black. She was a white woman who yeah. identified as black. But nobody accepted that. So I don't understand this. People, I identify as a chick. I identify as a dude. Well, listen, Rachel Dolezal uh, identified as a black chick. She lost her job. You know why? Because you're not yeah. a black chick. Because you identify something as something. That doesn't make it so. I tell the girls yeah. on the show here all the time. I identify as the boss. You know what they call me, Chris? <laughs> not, not the boss. But I identify. After they laugh. Yeah. That before or after they laugh. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> all around. Chris Arts. You know... Yeah, how embarrassing, though, was it for Rachel Dolezal when her parents came on and said, that girl's as white as the wind-driven snow. She ain't black. I know. Remember that? Oh, it was, yeah, to be called out by your own mom and dad. Like, hey, this girl, uh, she's she's lying to you, man. Uh, website, com. I want to ask you about something, because I know this is something with your voting. Tell us a little bit about your voting project that you've been involved with for years. Well, it's Americans for Citizen Voting. We've been doing this since 2019. Um, we have been working to uh, with grassroots activists in different states around the country to amend their state constitution to say that only United States citizens can vote in our elections. And I just want to say Senator Ben Brown here from the St. Louis area, um, he has a Senate Joint Resolution 36 uh, to put this on the ballot for Missouri voters to choose if they want non-citizens voting in their election. So SJ 36, remember that. Contact your legislators. Say you want that passed. All right. SJ SJR 36. SJR 36. Yes, sir. I want to play something for you. I want to get, we'll take I'll, I'll play the audio. We'll take a break. Come back. Want to get your thoughts because I don't understand Joe Biden. Uh, <laughs> Sunday. All you had to say was, I don't understand Joe Biden. That's all you need to say. Oh, we've got some really choice pieces on uh, on Joe Biden this morning. Before I do the, the actual piece, this is just for fun right here. And I uh, had uh, these terrible headaches, was diagnosed with having a, a uh, anyway, they had to take the top of my head off a couple times, <laughs> see if I had a brain. <laughs> you can't even write that any better, can you? I had to take the top of my head off to see if I even had a brain. Uh, okay, but this, this Sunday, I don't understand this. The right to vote, to have your vote counted, is the threshold of democracy and liberty. With it, anything's possible. Without it, without that right, nothing is possible. And this fundamental right remains under assault. I don't understand what he's talking about. He says this fundamental 
right remains under assault. I go back to Georgia. People say, oh, the, these new Georgia mm. voting laws, they're restricting voting rights. Uh, an overwhelming majority of black people following the 2022 election said there's no, this is uh, yeah. fine. So I want to uh, get your interpretation of what Joe is trying to say there. We'll continue our visit. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Is the threshold of democracy and liberty. With it, anything's possible. Without it, without that right, nothing is possible. And this fundamental right remains under assault. Joe Biden, over the weekend, this fundamental vote, uh, right to vote, is under assault. I have no idea what he's talking about. Chris Arps, ChrisForarps.com, hanging out with it. By the way, check out his web uh, website and Chris Arps or ChrisForarps.com. Either one will get you to where you uh, uh, want to go. What, what the hell is Joe Biden talking about there? Remember a couple of years ago, there were a couple of voting rights acts that the Democrats were really pushing to get passed. One was called the Freedom to Vote Act. The other was the John Lewis Voting Rights uh, Advancement Act. And what both of these uh, rules would have done or both of these laws would have done, it would basically would have uh, federalized our elections. And as you know, even our Constitution says that elections uh, are regulated on a state and local level, not at the federal level. And I guess Joe Biden is saying because these uh, pieces of legislation were defeated, um, that how that is somehow uh, making it harder for African-Americans to vote uh, when these election results from the last election say the exact opposite of that. We had record numbers of African-Americans voting. And every jurisdiction that voter ID is passed, and that's supposed to be depressing the African-American vote, the vote actually goes up in every single case. Yep. Uh, and he, and that's what I'm thinking. Like Sunday when Joe was in uh, Selma, he could have looked like just to a couple of hour drive to the east and said, you know, but Georgia. See where now you look over there in Georgia. It, uh, yeah. it, uh, it went well. And, and you know what, Brandon? All Selma does, look, we should commemorate the 58th anniversary of that march. That was the turning point of the civil rights movement. Uh, that's when the nation really saw on the evening news what was going on. But it also tells, uh, is, a, is a picture of how the Democratic Party um, treats African Americans. Every year, um, people flock into Selma. Uh, it is a 80% black town. One third of the residents are in poverty. They get a bunch of attention. They get photo ops, politicians do, and then they leave. And the town is in the same sorry, sad state that it is it is in until next year when they get attention again. Consistent behavior by the uh, by the Democrats. Chris Arps also mm-hmm. writes for RedState.com. What do you got cool up on RedState.com right now? Uh, well, we talked a little bit about it earlier, um, about the Biden's diversity appointments. Are they the best nominees? Um, that is on redstate.com right now. And Water Cooler Politics with Chris Arps. Uh, we have a brand new uh, podcast out. Me and my wife do it now. Uh, we talk about Kim Gardner. We talk about the Selma March. And we talk about Ron DeSantis, who is the up-and-coming rising uh, nominee for the Republican presidential nomination. Stephanie Bell said she thoroughly enjoyed his speech at CPAC. <laughs> oh, did she? Wow. Was there one in Texas and California that I missed? You missed it. It was very good. <laughs> hey, I do. As a matter of fact, um, maybe we'll do this a little bit after uh, 7 o'clock. This Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, you know, I, I like what he does. I don't think he has a chance of winning. 
Uh, Stephanie is, I think, after going to CPAC, liking this guy, already liked him. Went to CPAC, like him more? Yeah, I like him more. He was on Fox with Stuart Varney. Stuart Varney asked him this question. Is this Trump's GOP? Vivek Ramaswamy, to Stuart uh, Varney's question, when Stuart Varney asked him, is this Trump's GOP? I was blown away, really, by the answer that Vivek Ramaswamy gave. Well, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, I think we'll highlight that coming up on 710 this morning. Your thoughts on Vivek Ramaswamy? Man, I hope he doesn't become president because I don't want to have to try to say his name for four years. <laughs> All right, Christopher Arps, Chris Arps, I like it. Hey, when do, uh, when do we get to see you on Newsmax next? Thursday, Wake Up America, 536 and 7. All right. Let me ask you, it's maybe a little too behind the scenes, and I don't want to uh -huh. give away any magic that is TV. <laughs> but when you go on there, do they tell you, I mean, do you know that day what it is they want you to talk about, or do you tell them what you want to talk about that day? Uh, the night before, Brandon, I get, top, I get about 17 topics that could possibly be discussed uh, on the show in the morning. Wow, and then so it's it up. used to really stress me out because I'm like, how am I supposed to be knowledgeable on all these topics? They're going to ask me the thing that I don't know. So you don't. So they give you 17 topics. They don't say pick three of these. They just might say we might ask you about any one of these 17. Exactly, and wow. at 17, I'm exaggerating, but it's usually probably about seven or eight topics. All right, Chris Arps, chrisarps.com. Do yourself a favor, check out his uh, website. Since you're listening to Wake Up Mid-Missouri, uh, Mid I'm assuming you are really going to dig Chris's website. We appreciate you, man. Hope to see you soon. Thanks, guys. Enjoyed it. You Have a great bet. day. Chris Arps.com.